0: Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter is Mr. Pop in the Battle Against people. <laughs> it's called the Tide B- Pod Challenge. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American song. Oh! Something good.
1: everybody, and welcome to the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me, as always, in the comfy beanbag chair is... It's Cap Nunn. What's up, y'all? Hey, you got your cue this time. Yeah, Congratulations, yeah, yeah. sir. I wasn't,
2: <laughs> I wasn't burning one this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't burning one last time, according to you, anyway. No, man, I don't do that. <laughs> Crazy. How's, how's your week been, sir? Uh... It's been pretty busy for, uh... Isn't it always? It's always pretty damn busy. <laughs> Run, hey with energy drink, podcast, the band thing, and a 40-hour week job. <laughs> Still drinking that Metallica beer. Still drinking that Metallica beer, though. <laughs> that semi-decent Pilsner that we had from last week. That's how, uh... Yeah, I wasn't gonna take it home. (laughs) You literally left it here, and I didn't miss it. But it's here now, so thanks, Metallica. I (laughs) guess. And speaking of very busy, uh,
1: very lucky to have this guest with us today. Longtime friend. Say we've known each other since at least two thousand five, two thousand six. So. Well over, that is weird to think about. We have known each other over 10 years at this point. That's morning. right. It Crazy. really feels like last week. Yep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've seen the show notes. No need for a big introduction. You know them. You love them. Mr. Tony Leone. Oh, thank you. What's up? What's up? How are we doing? <laughs> I'm fantastic. And I am so happy to have you here because when you when we started the show, I had a mental list of people I wanted to be on be like, I know these folks have good stories. And you were definitely on it.
3: Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I affectionately tell everyone, you're like my little brother, because... I'm partly responsible for getting you to show it now, whether people appreciate that
0: or not. Uh, <laughs> That's a completely different story.
1: <laughs> but
3: yes, uh, you you
1: played a huge, huge role in that. And we will definitely dive into that, along with the music we've done together and everything else. But first, as always, we have to go through our sponsors. The show is sponsored by Repo Record down on Commonwealth Avenue. Definitely check them out on Facebook and their website, reporecord.com. And, of course, Hate Energy Drink, our energy drink made over here in the Proud of the USA. I don't know. I don't know proud, the of the, proud of the USA. You were just complimenting me on how well I do on this, and I here I am say. just going, hi. How many times it have up. you done this now? already done fucked it up. Uh, and we are restocked over on. Um, Common Market down on Central Avenue also, so if you were in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, swing on by those guys and give them a little support and pick up some Hate Energy Drink. And Tony, you actually kind of helped inspire this little offshoot. We were originally going to use it as a hashtag, but now we've just kind of reformed it for
3: the show, which is, uh, what do you hate? Well, uh, Alex, since I knew the format of the show, I thought, well, what was the last thing I was screaming at the television about? Mm-hmm. And I came home. Phil I don't know Delphi where the Eagle hell I stuff. was. My wife was watching the CMAs. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And That's a whole podcast. I realized that I hate more than anything I think in pop culture award shows. Yeah. It's the most empty and useless thing ever. I mean, I don't even listen to pop country and I could tell you with my eyes closed that Luke Bryan and that guy with the nice hair that dates Nicole Kidman <laughs> and <you> know, <laughs> Carrie Underwood, like all all the same, re- I mean, all the same bullshit, but it's just shocking that the industry just jerks itself off over and over and over again mm-hmm. and happens in every, and then to really put on the extra piss and vinegar about it when you talk the music stuff, Grammys—they don't even show the hard rock and metal, even no, if it's bad. No, of course right? not. They still don't even put it on TV. It's like, oh, no. it's just disgusting. So, and there's barely a line
1: between popular country today and what would just be on the regular music awards. Oh yeah. Y- you put just a little bit of slide guitar in any pop song, and now it's a country
2: song. Yeah, it's it, all got electric drum backbeats and shit like that too. And it's j- yeah, it's just pop music with fucking banjos.
3: And it's like, we're not saying anything. <laughs> I mean, have you noticed that the second somebody can play an instrument, they're like, they're the most talented human being. Right. And like, Chris Stapleton's great. I really like him. He's got a wonderful voice. Right. But I think he's him too. by far not the best country musician out there. No, and he's the cleaning up.
2: I say good on him, though. Man, I used to see Chris Stapleton when he had a fucking southern rock band called the Johnson Brothers and all the songs were a bad as dick. I shit you not. Look Please up the Jompson Brothers. Band
3: name again so everyone can go yeah, find that band? Check
2: out the Johnson Brothers. J-O-M-P-S-O-N. J-O-M-P-S-O-N. Johnson Brothers. So like, yes. Okay. Songs called Ride My Rocket, My Skeleton Key, and shit like that. Oh my God. <laughs> and is Chris Stapleton just Leslie West from Mountain Belting Now, now it?
1: is there a bit of irony to it or is he being
2: like serious? Because, like, I'm Steel sure. Panther, they're a little self-aware. Was he, was he self-aware is he like, this is some badass shit? Oh, I'm sure he was just, like, going into it half-jokingly. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, there's some people that will write those kind of songs and go,
1: this
3: shit's badass, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's natural. you got to do something different. Right. Right? <laughs> but, I mean, look, I do. I really actually like Chris Stapleton. I don't want that to get twisted. But, right. I mean, there's no. I don't even know the band, but the guy looks like he's plucked out of the 70s and they were cleaning up and I'm going he just looks like he's country and they're giving him
2: awards yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well isn't that
3: really all it is now
2: they'll have ripped jeans and like chains and stuff like that too and mm-hmm. just it, trying to figure out there it really is it's really just a fashion show at this point yeah, yeah. 'Cause no it's not like there's an evolution of the sound or anything like that. These are all like producers that know what they're doing as far as like what's gonna get on the radio and everything too. Oh, yeah,
1: and and of course, we're not the first ones to really say it, but it's like, there are so many comedians that are like, oh, here's the typical country riff, and it's like, they'll play the three same chords over yeah. and over, and it's like, oh, oh uh, my favorite one's the Bo Burnham pandering, if you yeah. hadn't heard that one, he's like, a pickup truck, a blue jeans, a cold beer, and my girlfriend, <laughs>
3: and it's like, and he writes this entire song with all writes, the cl- like. The prerequisite is yet to hop into the truck. Oh, of course, you gotta hop into the <laughs> truck. Into the truck. <laughs> hey girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that is what kind of bugs me about it. And and I'm glad you brought that up, because with the podcast being something good for you, it's like that is just mediocre bullshit that's just being fed to the masses. Yeah,
3: and I think people who like music, genuinely like musicianship, look at Chris Stapleton and then go, Oh, there's hope. But the fact that He's the only one vacuuming up these awards. There's absolutely no hope. No, they just like the way he looks. He's got. I mean, he's a great soulful singer. I, I'd actually contend he's more of a soul guy. That song he yeah, exactly. that he won all the awards for is a soul song.
1: I mean, Cap, you're really more you know plugged into this than I am. What would you? Was was there any sort of indie country artist maybe in the past? Five, ten years to come out, that's going to be worth the
2: damn? I, mean, it's, I think there's plenty. That, you like, know,
1: it's kind of like the thing of, you know, give this guy support, give this guy, you oh know, what God. he needs
2: and he could actually do it. Well, but it's like any genre where you have to dig to find this kind of stuff, too. Like, right, your Sturgill Simpsons of the world, your Tyler Childresses, your... Um Jason Isbell's and things like that too make really great records but they write about real shit too mm-hmm. that's not gonna go on the radio or anything like that Jason Isbell just writes the saddest fucking mm-hmm. songs but they're so good too and the guitar playing is just spectacular and the records are uh, where they make uh, there's this one studio in particular in Nashville where all this stuff is made there's like this little clubhouse of all these little underground country guys that are is starting to you know, bubble starting up to a swell, yeah. yeah
3: they gotta work so hard but yes. I mean Dale Watson who I saw yeah. uh, At Puckett's, mm-hmm. And then he played twice. Well he played a Thirsty Beaver After that And I think he just played Tipsy Burrow over at Tipsy Burrow I was just yeah. at that think one Think about too. how good Of a, of a honky tonk musician he is And how oh, God, much yeah. he's on the road And he's playing Places like that Yep I mean If he gets quits funny. working It's over Yep There <laughs> is
1: no other I mean that's it and that is what's amazing. Is you know, he is a prime example of he's still creating music and he's out there touring because he has to, yes, because it pays the bills, but at the same time, he has to because he's a musician, he has to play the music. It's not a hobby for him, it's not, oh, I'm gonna go out and do that, you know, guitar thing. It's like, well, I'm gonna go out there and make my damn music, yeah. And yep. that's why he still plays the small places. If I guarantee you, if it was 100% about money. He probably wouldn't be touring because if he were to stop touring and doing all that, he could probably get a good job that would pay better.
3: Yeah, I mean, the guy could stay in Texas and make as much money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, the Texas circuit of country music has really good uh, – it's just consistent too. But for the fact he
1: still goes out and tours and, you know, and even comes to our town and plays, yeah. you know, in that cool little venue-like, you know. He just
2: rolls up in that big-ass bus that, it is too. Yeah, that mm-hmm. Willie Nelson-style bus. <laughs> yeah. right? and the, you know, I
3: was happy to see that Whitey Morgan in the 78s played yeah. the Neighborhood Theater, which is one of our bigger venues. Yep. I didn't mean to get on a country kick. No, no, no. no. That's, that's all,
0: it's <laughs> all good stuff.
1: Yeah, this yeah. is it was a free-form, man. What just never so goes. To be the,
3: award show that I was watching, so there you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's excellent. Tony Leone, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Well, one other thing we want to take care of first... um, I meant to do a little bit more research on this beforehand, but I'm lazy and dumb. So sure. I have two uh, some educated folks in here to help me out here. Uh, it's a little segment called Keep Your Thoughts to Yourself.
0: Thing, blah blah blah, etc. Making my ears a ring. My honey, my baby, please don't open your mouth. Don't tell me no lies and keep your thoughts to yourself.
1: Throughout the years, vocabulary and words wind up taking on different meanings. Since when did dank become a positive? Tuck. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was a fucking kid, I already am I'm, I'm a fucking teenager and I'm already pulling the when I was a kid bullshit here. <laughs> dank used to mean like a dank, dark, dreary place, like th- that old haunted house up on the hill that was a dank place you didn't want to go there. Am I am I incorrect on thinking that? That used to be like the original term for dank.
2: I don't think I've ever used.
1: We, we have an extra researcher in the house. Uh, why, why don't you look that up while I continue to rant without any sort of uh, bias. Uh, uh, here we go. <laughs> He's on the money. Yep, right here. Uh, disagreeably damp, musty, and typically cold. That is the official definition of dank. So now, why the hell are we going around saying, oh, that party was dank?
3: People say that party
1: was. Yeah, dank. I don't think
2: I've ever heard that. I've
3: only heard of one thing referred to as dank. And that's with memes. No, that's with weed. Yeah. yeah and see, bad. and that's used
1: as a positive. <laughs> yeah. It's used but so maybe clearly that's your answer.
2: That was floating
3: around when I was in high school. <laughs> I don't think I've
2: ever used the word dank for anything damp or otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, just, that's... just
1: how... Just... Yo, girl.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man. Phrasing.
2: <laughs>
1: Dank is an adjective in which overused by people in general and mostly by people trying to appear cool to their stoner friends. There you go, the Tony. This is Urban Dictionary now. I love Urban Dictionary. Dank means dark, sticky, gooey, and potent. It was originally a common word used to describe disgusting basements and caves, etc. When the world of pot took over, it was and using it incorrectly to describe the potent strains of marijuana, seeing it as the definition of dank meeting all qualities you find in good marijuana. Then, quote, squares and people who wanted to look cool to stoner started using it to describe anything they thought is, quote, cool. and Which, turns out, makes them believe they themselves are cool as well.
2: Urban <laughs> dictionary going out of their way to... So now do
3: people not say dank
1: when talking about weed? In, in reality, it makes them seem as illiterate as an ape. Eminem's they're not dank. Chips are not dank. Your clothes are definitely not dank. You need to stop overusing and killing the word. This sounds, like, it sounds
3: like an epidemic.
1: I was, I was unaware. How, how are you folks unaware of this? I mean,
3: I quit smoking weed a while ago, but right. we used to always refer to good, stinky weed as Dank.
1: Right.
2: Right. <laughs> right and I just say it's good shit. But <laughs> <I'm old.
1: Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in the end, that's the thought I should have kept to myself. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, Mr. Leone. Yes. You have had a long herald history with some good rock and roll music behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're currently in sales and still play a little rock and roll on the side. Yep. But we do have a nice little history. Yes. Um, where do you think we should all start with that?
3: I have a feeling that even part of because when you were I mean you're a young man now but you right. were really young mm-hmm. when we lived in Noda yeah and you wanted a place to live and I I seem to remember that people were dragging you down here because well, he's young he doesn't know any better we can put him in our band Right. Yeah. I mean, that's his, and he wants to get out of Virginia, Roanoke, as quickly as possible. Like, if you want to do it, come on.
1: Yeah, there, there were a few different motives. Uh, by that point, uh, a, a version of the fill ins had started in Roanoke. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get one of the other members to move down with me. He wound up chickening out last minute, putting me in a bind. And around that time is when you had already come up to Roanoke to play a few of the venues
3: here with Anticene. That was one of the first times I actually got to see Anticene was playing with them. That that must have been crazy. He's right? <laughs> got a fucking Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Oh
1: wow,
2: was La Finca. La-, <laughs> La-, La Finca. Was Clayton doing the barbed wire deal there oh, too? Oh yeah, or, he, yes. he
1: does it when you know he goes out of town. He, he's a little bit more reserved uh, for the local crowds yeah. now. I remember.
3: Gotcha. I remember. Um, you know, it was. Joe and Jeff and those guys and we were so excited. It was Dirtbag Love Affair years, right? Mm -hmm. We were just this brand new punk rock band on the scene, and we were like, "Hell's yes, this is going (laughs) down." And I just remember Clayton. I was like, "What's up, man?" He was like, (laughs) Like, "But looking back, I was like, man, what the fuck?" And, And then, but looking back, I go, "How many?" new bands that think they're hot shit has this guy seen. Right. And he's gone. This is going to be another band that'll be gone in a year. Right. Little little do we know where we end <laughs> up now. Right. But I just remember it was very vivid. I was really excited to meet them. They were great that night. They did not let you know, let off the people, even though it was a Mexican
2: restaurant. It was fun. It was a fun night. It was a really good night. Thanks, was. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Does anything impress Jeff Clayton anymore?
1: Surprisingly, yeah. I've, I've asked him that. I was like, you know, with all the shows you do, do, I said, are there any opening bands that actually make you, you know, pull your head up from the table and be like, holy shit? And he goes, yes, but nine times out of 10, he knows of them before. He goes, even if they've never heard him before, he goes, he's at least seen them on Facebook or, you know, has heard of them or a recommendation. He goes, so nine times out of ten, he knows ahead of time. He goes, very rarely is it a cold case where he's like, oh, shit, these guys are actually pretty decent. Yeah, he's good good (laughs) to do his research.
3: Yeah, makes sense.
1: But also because he doesn't really listen to punk rock much anymore. He really prefers old jazz and blues and shit like that.
3: Isn't that the... Old soul. It's kind of a... I don't know how you... but the, the conundrum of punk rock. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such an easy access point to getting on stage and playing rock and roll. Right. Yeah. And then the better you get, the more you want to improve. Mm-hmm. And not that punk rock isn't an improvement game. But then it blends into more of the stuff. I and mean, we were all product of, of stuff we listened to. Oh, of course. And at least for me as a guitarist, I'm
1: glad that I picked up the punk stuff first because it taught me precision. It taught me accuracy. It taught me speed in yeah. my right hand. And then as, like you were saying, as I wanted to grow as a guitarist, I started learning all the cool little licks, and now I have the speed and the accuracy to now learn actual technique and become right. better so yeah. you're right punk is just a really great access
2: into playing rock and roll if that's what you're really wanting to do Yeah, that, that's how it was with my bass playing I, like, I knew dick about playing bass properly and I also was lucky enough to play with some good drummers on the way up too that, was, yeah. that kept me grounded so yeah so, come up,
1: play La Finca, a nice Mexican restaurant with Annie Scene. and one, one thing yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. distinctly on that night was uh, Devin. Now, back, even backtrack a little bit further, I had known of you guys. I don't think I had actually met you guys yet. Right. I think maybe in passing once in North Carolina, because Mom was already friends with Jeff Williams, yeah. uh, Dead Kings, Biggie Stardust, yep. and he had been hooking you guys up with shows, and I think somewhere down the road that way I saw you guys once And but like the Roanoke show was the first one I really remember hanging out with you guys and the first thing I really remember was hanging out in my room and Devin comes barreling up the steps and I had a semi hollow body guitar like one year or two older than his like newer than his so it was slightly upgraded and him just losing his shit god damn man this this fucking 15 16 year old in here got a fucking better guitar than i do and then like the two of us just rocking out in the bedroom for a little bit and being like this guy's cool
3: for the people who are listening and don't know Devin, i need you to he's gonna hate that i say this but it's the best I visual. love him and I'm getting him on at some point. We're going to the rim soon. Yeah. So I'll say he looks like Dragon, but most people are gonna know who Dragon is. Right. And, but let's just say Nikki Six. Yes. I'm and sorry and, and an authentic love version. He's he's been this rock and roll guy he's forever. Not a poser. But he's from West Virginia. Right. And so you look at him, he's six foot tall, skinny, rock and roll to the bone, will be his whole life. But then he opens up his mouth and he's got that West Virginia accent. You're like, yep. what the fuck?
2: <laughs> Jessica White's voice comes out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that's all right. Everyone calls you Axel anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> well,
3: but you t- one of the things that really, you know, when you're a new band, you're really not that good. You're going based on attitude, live shows, and getting the the okay from from Jeff Williams and Biggie Stardust, Dead yeah. Kings. Was, I mean, shortcutted our access into playing more shows, good shows, right? Because he said these guys are the real deal. And when you have someone who's been in the, in the game that long and has done it that well that long, that guy probably, if you're really gonna trace it back, he was the one that, that gave us a, a somewhat of a platform, right? And then it just kind of we let we kept leveraging that, leveraging that, and then our our live shows were fucking out of hand Dude, as you can were. remember <laughs> and that
1: was and that's the, always the fun thing about it is you knew if dirtbag love affair played a show you weren't getting a show you were getting a damn party with some great rock and roll music yep. attached to it you're a great front man Devin is a great guitarist you could always count on Davey for a good time so it's like you had a great front of the house and the music was fantastic because it's like there are a lot of bands that'll focus on the look and they just don't have good tunes to back it up. Right. You guys had you guys struck the perfect balance of both. It didn't look like you were trying too hard to look a certain way on stage, but you had some damn good music to back it up. Those
3: are good times
2: for sure. <laughs> I was like the songs were good and they're still good. They still yeah. hold up.
1: Yeah. And I just remember that night, uh, we were all sitting around standing in the uh, a circle and in the uh, kitchen sharing a I think it was a hundred ten proof bottle of spice. Captain Morgan Rum. Lord. (laughs) That's why I said, I think I remember that.
2: Alex used to drink <laughs> If anybody can believe that.
1: Yeah, last thing I remember that night is uh slowly, well, running up the steps and then slowly opening my eyes to seeing a bunch of white... I do remember that.
3: <laughs> oh my God, I do remember that.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so... Okay, so when you guys came up, you were staying the night at our place. So yeah. mom fixed this huge spread for you guys because she's a nice southern mama. When the boys come, she's got to feed everyone, make sure everyone's got some good places to sleep and some nice, warm, good food mm-hmm. in their belly. So... Nice big spread. So in the middle of us uh, sharing that nice bottle of Spice Whiskey in the kitchen, I'm still munching along, and everyone about calls it a night, and I go, okay, yeah, I'll do the same. I take about two steps upstairs to go to my bedroom, and I black out, (laughs) (laughs) and I wake up, and all I see is white with, like, hints of this orangish-yellow all around me, and I realize I'm in the bathroom, and there is just puke. Everywhere this nice bright tinted orange, and I'll
3: give it. Your mom was very cool. She was like, <laughs> oh she no, got she got a little was, excited.
1: She got, <laughs> she was fine because I don't know. She told you this part of it. So during the blackout, all I remember was the first two steps up the stairs. From her angle, she's already called in the night and she's upstairs and she is in the bathroom going to the bathroom. She okay. hears of me running up the steps and she said I round the corner just in time to go ah! fucking all over her leg uh,
3: and that's the moment Alex quit drinking folks.
1: no it still took me a few years after that I did not learn my lesson yet you didn't learn after puking on your mom no
3: you,
2: so fucked <laughs>
3: up
0: she let me
2: she, she gave
1: me the alcohol she's like here boy
2: uh, your mom's the best. <laughs> She's a saint. You want to talk
1: about like those those weird moments in life? Okay, so this is like that movie moment. So I'm waking up. I see that shit. I'm gathering myself. I walk downstairs. I see you half naked on the porch swing. You're just without a shirt. And it almost as soon as I walk out there, Katie looks over at you and she goes, Tony has pepperoni nipples. That's
0: right. <laughs> she did.
3: Uh, she totally did. We're all hungover drinking coffee. I got my shirt off. I feel pretty good. About my shirtless days back then, too. And <laughs> she just walks up. She goes, You got pepperoni nipples. So I was like, <laughs>
0: Oh. <laughs>
3: Thank you, little girl. My self-esteem just went into the toilet. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, she had to be no more than what two
1: or three at that. She no, tight. she was like four.
3: She was yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, but I was her Katie. crush for a minute. I remember she, that. Yes, you were. That's, she she
1: would not take that dirtbag love affair of shirt off for a good week or two. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's <But> adorable. Because <laughs> y'all had like some extra small women's, and that wound up fitting her just like a, almost like a loose dress, and love she it. she loved it. Yeah, so really after that, I would say our friendship kind of formed after that. And then especially having to track back uh, about an hour and a half because you left your harmonicas. Yep.
3: <laughs> For folks that don't know, that don't play harmonica, only harmonica players will know, those things are expensive. Like 50, 60 bucks a pop. No shit. And when you play eight of them. <laughs>
2: you- now, why do you need eight
3: of them? Because they're on different keys. Okay. So you only play, you can do... Like if you blow out, that's one key, and mm-hmm. if you draw in, that's another. Okay. It's only first and second position, so. All right. I can only play DNA on one harmonica, and right. oh, by the way, if I want to get a bend, I got to draw and not blow. Oh uh, yeah. So. You're you're there's a hundred bucks just in harmonicas, and I'm pretty sure we probably had another show or something coming yeah, up. Yeah, I think quick. you guys had one more after. Yeah, and then I had all my mics in there. Everything was in there, so yeah. not fun, <laughs> but, I mean. You got to see the real uh, crux of Dirtbag Love Affair when we were volatile, <laughs> good songwriting, but not great performing. At sometimes, I mean, it was it was we were that band that you did not know what you were going to get, which that, I thought was part truth. of the charm of it. Unfortunately,
2: I hate saying that. It sounds so. It's like b- bad Motley Crue, right? Or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it was
3: true. I mean. it... it it was almost it, before, you know, like Facebook was really like documenting every part of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. So it
3: was still back in the
1: folklore era. Right. You could, you can almost kind of bend it to make it the lore that you needed it to be. Exactly. Kind of right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, well, see, in, at least in my experience, I don't remember there ever being a train wreck show that I witnessed. Has there Was there ever, like, the show that you're, like, if I were... You don't even have to say the, st- uh, the st- town or anything, but it's like, was there a show oh, yeah. that you're just, like, yeah. if I could completely erase that one, I would be
3: happy? Uh, Well, no, I'd never erase one. Just Yeah, see,
1: and that's what I was going to no. say. So,
3: I don't think you guys were ever too far off the rail. No. I mean, there was one where Dave... Davey Dirt was so hammered. <laughs> he couldn't play a note, and Devin... Just took off his guitar, threw it across the stage, and walked home because we were playing oh, wow. an outdoor stage in Noda. Who was talking about that I think recently? We were talking with
2: Simon about that. I think yeah, Simon
3: yeah when Kamala Simon was, up, was on the show, sure. he
2: was talking it was about a that. Big crowd. It was yep.
3: outside. We were on the stage. We were the headliner. And Dave was, and I can say this lovingly of Dave now because he's sobered up and yes, he is. he's done a great job. But it, it got bad. So I remember just Devin just threw his guitar and walked home because our apartment was right down the street. <laughs> it was. And I was like, uh, what the fuck just Damn. happened?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Was that the one that I It was I like did? a
3: Halloween party. It was uh, someone's, it was Darcy's birthday bloodbath bash thing. It was fun. I, think I was the body to, bags
1: were on it. Yeah, because it was outdoor uh, salude, wasn't
3: it? Outside of Salvador no, Deli. Yeah,
1: Salvador, yeah. I was trying to remember if that was the same, no, that wasn't the same night Um, I wound up seeing in was I moved in with you guys by that point? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I mean, so. You know, because I don't think they were doing those shows no, they outdoor for long. Went,
3: no, it, it was only maybe a summer. Sounds went, like
2: it, I missed out on some. Fun it was definitely dude. when dude, Noda you really, was cool. <laughs> it was. I hate to be that guy. It's like, oh, when
0: Noda was
1: cool,
2: but
0: right.
1: I mean, I mean, Noda was legit cool. Because now, fast forward a little bit, I uh, come down to Charlotte a handful of times, trying to bring another member with me, doesn't work out. Wind up hanging out with you a few more times, and just fucking amazingly you're just like dude I got an extra place yep. why don't you move in <laughs> so yeah. I saved up just as much money as I could and came down just, basically just with the promise of as long as you continually look for a job you're good but as soon as you get a job yo, me rent that's right and what well, What did it take like a week and yeah. I had a job because it was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it like hard. I didn't want to let you down it's like because I saw that moment as like okay this is the make or break you know it's like he has given me the ultimate chance out of the kindness of his heart I don't want to let him down yep and through that just being wrapped in with the dirtbag family that's something I'm never going to forget. Aww. Living with you guys down there at Highland Mills, because essentially, Dirtbag lived together. Yes. Because it was you, me, and your girlfriend at the time. Yep. And then across the hall, like two to three doors down, was Davey and Devin and their respective ladies. Yep. And when you woke up in the morning, you didn't know who was going to be on whose couch, essentially. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was great.
3: That was great. Throw in the pool just... parties. Oh, uh, the pool, pool parties fucking rock. We would play acoustic <laughs> shows at the pool. But they're like, it's funny, You, uh, we were texting each other yesterday about, um, you know, because we're talking about the project that, we're, that the three of us are going to possibly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you are like, that one song we covered. Right. It led to those days, the 21CG days. It did. So shortly after moving in,
1: you wind up starting up this new project outside of Dirtbag Love yep. Affair because I'd fallen in love with all that. And for whatever reasons, you can go into it if you want, but you've got a new project. And it was really different from Dirtbag mm-hmm. because Dirtbag was real just straight rock and roll punk rock. And this was more just straight classic rock. Mm-hmm. What, what what kind of made you really want to do that, though? Because you kind of... After doing that, you've kind of held on to that part of your life ever since, music-wise.
3: Yeah, I... You know, I think... First of all, I love just rock and roll mm-hmm. out the gate. I mean, so punk rock was... Here's an interesting thing, how I got into punk rock. All right. I used to be a super metalhead in high school. were we all? Okay. Yeah. I mean, by listening to Cannibal Corpse, Carcass, uh, I mean, Morbid Angel, Entombed, which, by the way, did you know Nick Anderson, Nick Anderson right? was in yeah. tune? Right? Well, which not
1: I know never though. knew yeah, until, dude. yeah.
2: What, what Did you tell me that? or? Uh, I think I don't think I knew that. I don't think I've ever mentioned okay, that. Okay, because you yeah. were telling
1: me, who was the band the other day? You are like, can't believe they later on and made blah, 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 and it was something so different. Yeah.
2: Uh, my I, forget what it was. Anyway. We might talk
3: about that later, actually. Yeah. But I accidentally left a CD. I went to school, and I accidentally left a CD of Cannibal Corpse butchered at birth on my bed, Mm -hmm. and my mom came in and saw it, which it's like dead babies with their skulls mashed in. I mean, it's a a horrific, (laughs) horrific album
2: cover. And they're notorious for that kind of stuff, too. Yeah,
3: exactly. And... I came home and my, I had all my CDs out of my nice little tray. Like I had my rack of CDs that you would have back in the day. Right. All of them were laid out oh my God. on the bed. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, we're taking all these to the pawn shop. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think I talked my dad into letting me keep Sepultura, Roots, Bloody Roots, <laughs> and like Megadeth or something. Oh, my God. Like, those are the only two metal albums I could keep
2: and so and that's like Journey compared to Cannibal Corpse. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny but
3: and then I said I like heavy music and that's what I was really attracted to I was I like heavy music I didn't right. really know any better growing up in Charleston South Carolina I said what is the next thing that's got loud guitars I can get into and boom I found uh, at the time Bad Religion right we were was, listening to the hell out of yeah, that earlier, they, actually. We
2: crushed the catalog a day before we started yeah. rolling.
3: Because our local radio station actually played Bad Religion. and, and
2: Was it a college station? No, or? it was
3: actually a, a 96 Wave in Charleston was probably the root of, of a lot of what I listened to. They played everything, huh. man. They wow. played Driving and Crying. Really? With really? Bad Religion. They played Driving and Crying and a Bad Religion song and a Blue Dog song. And Holy all shit. All back to back. That's, was, that's, like, that's, that's fucking cool. amazing. It back when radio was independent. And they could do whatever they wanted. Oh, so it this was, was really, really cool. 90s They catered still. to a surf crowd. It was 90s. Uh, yeah. But that was then my foray into getting into a different kind of loud music. And mm. then I did the whole history thing, right? Right. Where does punk rock come from? Who right. does it well? And then I would start hearing things like, whoa, those sound like the bands that I really like that came from the Elvis Presley. Mm. <laughs> I was about so, to say, you know, you got, you're yeah. a huge Elvis influence. So even like the sex pistols. I was like, that's just rock and roll. Yep. That's fan- And that's just really loud. That guitar is just fucking chainsaw. That's awesome. And so I fell in love with punk rock, but rock and roll was always there. I mean, always, always. So when that Donnie, who mm-hmm. was our current drummer in dirt bag said that when we were looking for a drummer in dirt bag, he's like, I was with this band that never got off the ground, but they were good musicians. They could just never get out of their own way. I remember we're driving back in the van from, like, a 10-day run with Dirtbag, and he puts in some of those early, from Radio Destroyer, mm-hmm. 21st Century Goliath, some of those riffs that he had on his phone. I was like, is this the band? He's like, yeah. I was like, that's, like, very Airborne, dc esque right. I said, I think I'm going to go try that out. And then, sure enough, I think I was just fooling around looking for something like that. And I answered a Craigslist ad and Scott Roby mm-hmm. emailed me back. He's like, I know who you are. I'm coming to one of your shows next week. Right. Uh, kind of like seeking out how this would work out. Right. And that's him and cam it's came like to almost a, an
2: audition or something. Yeah. Like him that. and cam
3: came to a dirt bag show and they kind of were like, let's, let's get serious about this. And then those songs were just, those radio destroyer songs were, Kind of almost all there already. Right. I um, I just brought them to life and mm-hmm. I found my voice all at the same time. So it was. Because it was a very different singing style. Yeah.
1: Uh, this was before. Now, did you record your vocals for that before or after the second to the last Dirtbag on what was theoretically going to be the last? They were almost simultaneous. Okay. If I remember correctly. Because I was going to say, you've got two very different
3: vocal styles between those two releases. Actually, I know. We did record Radio Destroyer mm-hmm. and Devin was like, Whoa, your voice is taking a total leap. Right. That's but. when he was really into getting that second dirtbag album mm-hmm. done right. And we went to Jamie King and right. did, you know, what normally a punk band would never do, which is spend a lot of money on a record. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, We just gotta capture that. Right. So but that's when I just started learning how to treat Singing Mm -hmm. as more of a, a real musician's craft as opposed to just getting up there and ripping it hot. I, remember, right. I was like, I have a voice, holy shit, listen to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I just did that. And I remember that being such an eye-opener because uh, the original Dirtbag record, I don't think that's available really anywhere anymore, but uh, CD copies of it float around, of course I had one, so having that as the basis of Tony's voice for the longest mm-hmm. time, and then you giving me a rough mix of Radio Destroyer, I'm
2: like, holy <laughs> mackerel, right. what the fuck? fuck is yeah, this? Nuts, it, blew, right? it fucking blew me away. And that's what, how uh, Tony got on my radar uh, when I, for, after a uh, few months of moving into Charlotte and everything too, was when you were uh, putting out Radio Destroyer, I think. Or was maybe that, that about was the, afterwards?
1: I, I was going to say, you moved into town after Radio Destroyer okay. was out, because Radio Destroyer ties in with the fill in's second rebirth. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, um, so by that point, I was already living with him, and... It felt like Dirtbag was starting to wind down a little bit and that this was going to mainly take over. And I was had a fire under my ass because I was annoyed because I thought I was going to be bringing down a member to start the band back up with Mm -hmm. me, and now it's just me. So I cobbled together some members. It falls apart after about two to three shows. And then Radio Destroyer comes out. Uh, I've already moved out at this point. Fast forward about a year or so. And the drummer for that, um, he was no longer in the band. So... Again, a record that you released, something that Tony Leone had a hand in, mm-hmm. sparked the intro of the fill-ins, because the bassist and I were listening to that record going, we really want to get the band together, and he goes, we just got to find a drummer, and I just kind of looked over at the stereo, we were just listening to it to enjoy it. I looked over at the stereo, I was like, that guy doesn't play drums anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not,
3: yeah <laughs> called- his name Matt or Sam? Do we, do we know It's Sam. Samuel Samuel Matthew.
1: It's Samuel Mc... (laughs) No, Sam. Love you, Matt. (laughs) Sam. So, so after being able to get all that together, that Radio Destroyer record truly was an anomaly, though. Yeah, it was. Because the follow-up record, I enjoyed it. Because by that point, um, Scott had been uh, wrongly convicted and was spending some time in jail. Yep. And um, I was filling in for Guitar Forum on actually a handful of really fun shows. It, you know uh, what's
3: crazy about that? Scott, say what you will about how our relationship soured. We've somewhat buried the hatchet for the most part. You know, we'll see each other out. We're good. But he put in a shit ton of work getting those, those big shows. Yeah. And then... He went to jail for a year. I know. And then, that's when and I, is, I, and then and I'm like, Alex, <laughs> uh, would you like to play Uproar Festival, open for the super suckers, get flown to Cincinnati, and, uh, do a sellout show with Slash, <laughs> <laughs> and do Carolina Rebellion? Uh, would you be interested in doing any of that? <laughs> nah.
0: <laughs> and oh,
3: by the way, we're about to ju- I mean, it was just... It was crazy. It was one thing after
1: another, and of all people to do it with, I was so glad to be able to have done it with you. And that, that was the important thing is of course, almost any band that I enjoyed the music on, I was going to do that with, but it's like one, I had thoroughly enjoyed the music anyway. And two, you were like my uncle, you're like my brother. So it was like of anyone because even fast forward back when we were, we're rewind weather back when we were together and the, uh, uh, roommates. I remember I was like, dude, you're listening to Danco Jones and you're like, you know who Danko Jones is?
0: Yeah, Dude, I was, <laughs> was when we
2: first started talking about Danko Jones, too. <laughs> it's like that.
1: And then I was like, Yeah, and I love the super suckers. You're like, Dude, fuck it. And then you showed me Airborne, and I'm like, Oh my God. And it's like, We just start rock and roll nerding out together. Yeah. So it's like, this guy that opened, helped open my eyes to all this cool rock and roll. You know, it's like now we get to open for the super suckers together. And that now was like, amazing. And it's like, in no way do I take credit for getting those shows. I was a lucky guy in the right position. and no way do I take credit for any of that shit. But it's like, I was very thankful and it didn't, I wasn't jaded about what was happening. I realized what position I was in and I was extremely thankful to been by your side
2: doing it. Yeah. What was the, uh, what was y'all's favorite of those three, the super suckers? Uh, slash, did you just did slash?
3: Didn't you? Yeah, that's what I
2: thought. Yeah, I yeah, because yeah, no. he
1: was super cool when he came out. He just yeah. popped in backstage and was like, hey. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. He
3: goes, We're backstage. He pops out of his dressing room and he's like, Hey, I'm slash. And I was like, No, no shit. <laughs> 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 who the hell else yeah, would you of be of course
1: you are man
0: <laughs>
1: we're not worthy right we're not worthy <laughs> I don't know man that, that's a tough one for me because there, there are a few real standout shows that we did with them because we did the Sex Slaves in Georgia directly after that was Cincinnati for Slash we did Uproar Fest we did Tracy Guns at uh, Tremont yep. Tracy Guns if <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't mention Super Suggers Uproar Fest I don't know. There were just so many. Did
2: you hear that? you just name dropping like a motherfucker. No, ah. it, was like, it's, it's, it was the hard, <laughs> hard work. i <hunt> the <laughs>
3: <laughs> Well, no, it's like, again, it wasn't my
1: hard work. I, I think, was along for right, the ride
2: on this. Think,
3: to me, and I'll let you answer how you yeah, want. Yeah. To me, it was, it was Slash because it sold out. So there was like 4,000 people in mm-hmm. the room. And they flew us to Cincinnati, That's, put yeah. us up we got word I remember we got word like the booking agent told us that it was sold out like right before
2: oh, we left yeah. the hotel to go to the venue I remember that for now, a yeah. couple for a couple of nights y'all were just like balling yeah, no. straight up one night only in my life I was ever like
3: that Every <laughs> Yes, <other
1: day. laughs> for one night only we all acted yeah. like the rock stars we were right. pretending Opera to be all along <laughs> was
3: really cool I mean they did treat you well they still treat you like an opening band for all of the, course but we d- we crushed it. As long as you knew
1: your place, you were gonna have yeah. a great time. Right. And they
3: let that you know they gave us passes to get into the pit for a bunch of bands we don't give a shit about, but we, <laughs> we used them, right? Of course. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when you're here, you do it. Yeah. We like were stuff. single. We're like,
3: you, know, you know that scene where right. we're in a Wayne's World where they. are is it They're either going to Aerosmith Or Alice Cooper And they're showing mm-hmm. Their backstage passes <laughs> Yes and yeah like, I was like That's what I, thought, I felt like I was like excuse me Yeah I, was I like, thought that was the up- no, artist, no that was Upward artist. Fest Was it That yeah, was Upward, Upward Fest Yeah
1: You were saying Slash
3: Oh I was Yeah you were saying
2: Slash Because it was sold out excuse And all this me, stuff Excuse me I'm getting
3: my uh, Amazing pass <laughs> he's, <still confused>. <laughs>
2: he, he, he's still on that mindset Right now It's like That was cool <laughs> <laughs> It was And,
3: and I don't want to Leave the man out I mean Roby Definitely. Ruby made, put in a lot of hard forget, work for all that. Which you which spawned it all was if you remember when 1065 would do those contests for mm-hmm. Speed Street. You got on. We won, but, which was total anomaly. The fact that a band like us would would win that. And there was that was the biggest crowd I ever played for. There's about ten thousand people. That was and nine. we were I was out the front row. Yeah. <laughs> we were direct support. We got lucky. Where they, that was one year they had a, a current band. They had Hailstorm. And we were direct support right. for Hailstorm. And they yeah. were shit hot then. And, right. and I remember that was the first time I heard them. And I
1: went, oh, wow. This is.
3: Not yeah, that chick got chops. It <laughs> and,
1: wasn't great. But I was like, of yeah. everything else I've heard in the background today, aside from my buddies who were just yeah. on stage,
3: this is halfway decent. And yeah. the dudes, my boys climbed the scaffolding. That's on video and, and everything. And, and too, so like, I've seen that. That kind of started it. And I think we. A lesson to everybody out there if you're in a band, document your shit. Document yes. your cool times. Because yes. if you don't, you you are totally missing an opportunity to... Don't be afraid to be a
1: nerd when it comes exactly, to that. Exactly. Let, let them laugh at you and everything because guess what? Whenever that time comes where you're like, okay, that's my past, or hell, even 20 years down the road, if your life's just completely different but you're still doing the same thing... Isn't it so great to go back and look at some photos and some videos and go, wow. And that's part of the reason we wanted to do this show is because not only is it fun just to get together and bullshit, but guess what? There's been times, months, years. We hadn't really talked and hung out. Right. Guess what? now my lonely, pathetic ass can go back and listen to this podcast right. and be like, I'm hanging out with Tony. <laughs> it puts the lotion
0: on the
3: skin. Right. <laughs>
0: I no, look so good in that video. Oh. No,
1: and, and the thing is, is like and, and that really got um, cemented hard with the uh, death of uh, Barbecue Young. Uh, Because if you ever hung around him, he was Joe Young's brother. So now the two Joe Young, well, the two Young brothers are now gone. If you hung around either one of them, you knew they had a gift for Gab. They had a story to always tell. And Jeff would have been one of the people I would have wanted on the show big time. So especially after his passing, that really kind of sparked a new light under my ass to be like, I want my friends in here. I want us to laugh and I want us to have a good time. Because you never know what the future will hold. Mm. And I want us to be able to have this and always have a little extra memory and have a good laugh. That's cool. I appreciate that. And especially being able to reflect on such a history that we've been able to share. Because music is such an important part of my life. So, So for so many milestones in that journey, having you either there or in the background somewhere... Has truly meant a lot. So being able to actually say I'm part of a group or a family like that, because you know my luck in town, it truly does mean a (laughs) lot.
0: Well, he
3: he's seen it firsthand. He knows. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) That's
0: awesome.
3: So are we even gonna broach the subject that we may all play together? We, we might as
2: well we might, yeah man so after I'm through so all expensive. this so
3: yeah. Goliath turns
1: into what it is now no worries uh, you've got your own project now which, which is, by the
3: way if my boys are listening to this no we're not breaking up I don't want to divorce uh, <laughs> the Grave Rollers <laughs> I love you guys the Grave
1: Rollers are amazing you
3: can't stop the Grave Rollers no 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 the Grave you've Rollers will be you got new shit coming out on that too anyway so you yeah. can't stop that no, it'll be, I've, I've, that I band I I. That to say. that band that I first of all the Grave Rollers is the most fun I've had in playing rock. For here's what's crazy: you go play really, not eclectic, but that, that the Goliath stuff was was it was big. intricate more than punk rock. Let's just right. put it that way. Oh yeah, it
1: really. It, talking about the whole you learn punk and then yeah. rock and roll. When I joined that shit, that threw my ass into fucking gear Because yeah. I was uh-huh. John Your barcore Barcore guy, and all of a sudden you're like, all right, here's a song called a uh, Ballad of Ch- Charlie Guns.
3: Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, the dude can write a song too. I
1: could I could talk all day long about Scott, but the one thing I will say is uh he is a damn good guitarist.
3: Yeah, and then you Grayson to compete with because the guy could just shred over those
2: those licks for days.
1: Talk about enjoying a band experience, being able to play guitar
2: with that guy—that was so much phenomenal. I don't think I've even met Grayson yet. After he's like a ghost.
3: Right, There's like a little Mount Airy, North Carolina country boy. <laughs> I goes. might have said hi to him at a Hell show a nice once, guy. and that yeah. was
2: it. But like, what's
3: funny is I started missing punk rock again. Yeah, I started missing a little bit of the just. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't want to pay attention to any of the. I don't want to even put up a banner. Right. Like, <laughs> like that's how much I wanted to like go away from right that kind of big rock and roll. And so when I looked at the Grave Rollers and my car club guys had been in some rockabilly bands and our drummer john old school punk rocker also rockabilly guy It i was like let's just do a straightforward punk rock band again and yeah everybody was kind of ready for that because they had all been doing the rockabilly thing you'll get sick to death of playing that if you've been oh. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so once uh we got some things going it was just Really natural, cranked out the record, and then boom, it was just like uh, back. It's like being back home after being gone for a long time,
1: and especially because so when you recorded the Goliath stuff, that was with Jamie King, yep. And that was I've not recorded with the guy, um, so explain kind of like the process Uh, of at least recording with him how that felt. Because I think I know where... Because you think you know where I'm going with this. He's super
3: technical, right? Like, his claim to fame is that he's recorded all the Between the Buried and Me albums. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about that band, they're super technical. Yeah. (laughs) To say the least. So you're getting those quantized drums, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean... I mean, you want to talk about basically you're building a metronome in there. Oh, you are. You're, you're, you're You're building a drum, yeah. It took the sway out of... The rock and roll
1: right and, and that can be something good especially if you're playing very intricate yeah. metal where you have to be very precise and part of the enjoyment of that album is going to be the precise that it's getting yeah. you so and, I, and I've always been curious on recording that style because I've never really gone that direction so even kind of taking yourself further away from that rock and roll aspect you'll roll into our little spot, Fifth yeah. Man Studios, <laughs> for this Grave Roller absolutely stuff. Absolutely loved. And I knew that was going to be a bit different for you because Steve does things very DIY. He's He's yeah. got enough toys to make it work. He makes it sound good, but it's still very DIY.
3: <laughs> what was cool, I think we all pushed each other a little bit because Steve was still figuring out his equipment, mm-hmm. his... He had pride. just gotten new gear. Exactly. His patience for certain things. <laughs> and, you know, the Grave Rollers aren't like this <coughs> amazing band that, that will knock your socks off, but we have weird songs. You have
2: great fucking songs. For sure. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I love the... No, seriously, I do, uh, I do Annabelle uh, acoustically. Awesome. Just about every Thursday. I figured out how to do like a Waylon Jennings version of it. Yeah,
1: over at uh, Tommy's Pub. They do an open mic night. I saw you. I saw
2: some videos of that. Yeah, one more skill set I'm trying to add to. Well, you know
3: what's interesting? You know, the last thing a drummer ever says before he's kicked out of the band? I got a song for you. Let's try one of my songs. (laughs) Oddly enough, John Marlowe, our drummer, had a batch of those songs on that album and they turned out to be once we put them through our thing mm-hmm. turned out to be really good What in a 4th and Vine and Valerie his uh, songs Valerie was one of his 4th and Vine was Tommy Ray's song okay um and I don't it's not that I, I I don't want to sound egotistic but the one thing that I do cause I'm just a singer is right straight up and I play harmonica but that just adds color to oh, the yeah. to the band I have an ability to take things and and really add what most musicians like a John Marlowe can't—they they miss this part. They go, right. "How do I make this into a chorus melody? Where do,
2: where do I down? We struggle with that all stuff, the time. Like, yeah. Arrangements and stuff.
3: So when I was able to do that, with he had a batch of four songs, right? That I once I got a hold of them, I was like, "Do this, do that." You know, I'm that guy that goes, do 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 exactly. da-da-da, yep. bonka-bonka-bonka-bonka, right? <laughs> and taka-taka-tuka-taka. <laughs> taka, taka. You got to be lucky that the guys in the band aren't going to go go away. <laughs> they right. actually listen. And once that happened, those those songs were cool, man. I was like, this is different. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard stuff like this before. And so- no, because
1: you were showing me some of the early stuff. Well, kind of both you and Steve, because I think, I don't remember the exact line. I remember, actually, you came over to my place one time, and you were hand-drumming on your legs, singing me some of the lyrics, going, dude, you won't believe some of the fucked-up lyrics that we're going to be I was singing. over them. there for that, too. You were, because yeah. we were working through some of the cool. felon stuff. We were opening for Reno Divorce. That's, That's right. That's right. I got yep.
3: Reno Divorce here. Yes, and I, you did. Another reason why you keep all your friendships. I got you mm-hmm. guys on the <laughs>
2: there. And they've been featured on the podcast. That's yes. Great.
3: Brent was actually on the last episode,
1: uh, on the intro, rather. Uh, oh, p- I p- heard p- that. M- I
3: did hear that. Because yep. uh, speaking of which, how about the Dirty Dollars? Dude, that, we just I was that so some of that. Record is so good. Cemetery Song. Oh, well, that's, that. he actually had done this, that song on a previous solo album. Oh, did he? And he did like one of those, uh, I guess he sung through maybe a, a Green Bullet. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And it just, it, it was good, but it didn't sound as good as as his natural voice is that's so good
2: and whatever the first track on there take a ride yes
0: the whole record is
2: fantastic yeah I need to play the whole thing on the way home today for sure I just heard it for the first time today and I'm really digging it so his main full rock and roll band uh, Reno
1: Divorce which uh, they were one of the recommended bands uh, a few episodes ago you turned me onto them because again on Spotify I saw Tony Leone listening to Sunsets and Corvettes and I'm like what is this? And I click it, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, this shit's yeah, yeah. great. So I sent him a message. I was like, you're listening to good shit. <laughs> I often wonder how you feel when you get random messages from me like that, going, I saw you were listening to this. This is really good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why are you following Conversely, me? Conversely, I get it's worried
3: if, if you see something I'm listening to, and you're going, what the fuck is he listening I to? I know you? you have weird tastes.
1: I've learned to not worry about it. I'll click on be like, oh, he's yeah. on his weird shit again. <laughs> oh, well.
3: <laughs> but the, with that, the grave rollers aren't going anywhere. This, this band's yes. like, we are so happy where we are we're not everyone's done their thing you know those guys in that band have toured for a long time right played hundreds of shows we're all kind of older we just want to play rock and roll again I think probably any band or any musician that hasn't that just didn't make it Mm -hmm. gets there unfortunately right it is what it is but I love the Grave Rollers I I think uh, I've found that little pocket of kind of where I need to be in my current state of rock and roll. With that said, I did bring something up to you boys.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. did.
1: (laughs) I think this is the first time uh, anyone's really going to be hearing about it. Yeah. Because we've kind of kept it close to our chest till we figured it out, but I think we got one of the last big pieces of the puzzle confirmed. I think so. Any other little bits can be easily wrapped up in the meantime, but...
3: Why don't you give us? You can, well, you can edit it out if we if it all turns to shit. Yeah, <laughs> if it all turns to shit within a week, I can cut yeah, this yeah. out. <laughs>
2: I'm the one that's got to worry about this stuff. That's right. <laughs> no, so
3: again, this is Devin had always introduced me to some of these amazing bands mm-hmm. that yep. i uh, which is now in the Cheats. Yeah, Devin Holiday and the Cheats, which I never thought I'd say because the Cheats have been around forever. Devin's in Pittsburgh. That's part of the problem with Dirtbag. Motherfucker would never stay put. I know. He First he moved to Atlanta <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: that, and then he uh, moved to Charlotte for like a month. Yeah. And then he's back in Pittsburgh exactly. again. Exactly.
3: I know he's happy there. And a yes. great band, The Cheats. Um, they're, they're The Cheats are like one of those bands that's, again, almost like the anti-scene of, of the Northeast. Yeah, when he,
2: I definitely got that vibe. When I yeah. first heard about them, that's what I what I thought too where they're like the hometown heroes they've been doing
3: it forever they get every good show Mm -hmm. so but what's cool is here's here's something that was really cool so Devin would introduce me to these bands like Backyard Babies he actually introduced me to Helicopters but then the Wild Hearts Mm, Danko Jones all those bands I'm like where has this been all my life because it was the perfect blend between rock and roll and you could tell they all had punk roots yep it was the best of the best of everything I loved and I just fell in love and have been obsessed, and pretty much it's primarily what I listen to to this point. Todd, the singer, mm-hmm. the first time I meet Todd, 21CG's in Pittsburgh. Right. And we're playing, we're opening for the Cheats, and I see that he has a Wild Hearts tattoo. And I got a Wild Hearts tattoo right on yes, my know. arm. And I was like, oh, the Wild Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> tattoo buddies! Tattoo buddies! Hey! <laughs> so. Sorry, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, you know what would be great is if we could find a way to bring some of that to the people, Mm -hmm. but not completely sell your soul as a cover band. Because I've already railed against that. Yes, exactly. I can't um, be a hypocrite. (laughs) And let's let's bring back some of the old Goliath songs, especially the Radio Destroyer album. So I think what we're talking about doing, and I, I called... Uh, Kip who ended up filling or becoming Grayson's replacement. Mm-hmm. Kip's got a buddy on drums and, and we're, we're actually working on and nothing serious. Right, boys? You promised nothing serious. me nothing crazy. Nothing Maybe crazy, once every s- I, will, I won't start months. booking this out
2: the yeah. ass or nothing because yeah, yeah, I still got to worry about. Cool. <laughs> yeah,
3: but it's time. I, I need people to realize that there's better rock and roll out there yeah. and I oh, need yeah. to have fun. I want to sing some of those songs. And I miss singing some of the Goliath songs. So it's like, as much as I miss punk rock, mm-hmm. some of that 21CG stuff was my best lyrical work. And it was also
1: such an anomaly of a record, because by the time the second record came out, you had a very different lineup by that
3: point. Yes. Uh,
1: you had a different base. Actually, everyone was different except for you and Scott.
3: Everyone was different, and I had a different um, emotional state. Yeah. like. You remember the, when you moved in with me, mm-hmm. that girl I was dating, and I don't give a shit if she's listening, she basically banged all these people in Noda, yeah. and I moved out of, of Noda. Oh, trust
1: me. And, I remember
0: and, there and, were wild fucking parties when you were out and, on the road, and, dude. And
3: there was a whole lot of piss and vinegar that went into, at that moment, the Radio Destroyer album, because I I'd gotten laid off from my job. Mm-hmm. My dog... Uh, this sounds like a sad country song. Right? My dog died. And my girl was cheating on me all at once. It Fuck. was, like, in the same year.
1: But all of that sep- seeped its way into the record. Total just...
3: anger, total, just, like, all this, sudden like hollow point, Radio Destroyer, mm-hmm. Love Me Again, all the, life's a bitch, even. I mean. Oh, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I was going to, and
1: then, uh, hell, the dog stuff, that made its way into a Liberty, yep. which made it onto the Dirtbag album. Exactly.
3: Interestingly enough, it's huh. funny you said, my buddy, Mackie Bowles. Mm-hmm who was in a great band called the Royal tinfoil out of Charleston, uh, had written that song Liberty when he and I were a duo in Charleston. It was one of my first kind of iterations of playing music out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the same group that also helped write
1: lipstick? Yes. That's why I thought, because I remember hearing the original version of lipstick and going, Oh, Um, this is cool. Honky tonk style. Yeah. The honky tonk lipstick.
3: And, um, Mackey's one of the cool. best musicians you'll ever meet in your life. The guy's phenomenal. And what I did just, he play? He plays, I mean, what does he play? Guitar, okay. banjo. Cuz I remember you did the harmonica, sauce on jazz. top yeah. and everything. He's one of those guys. His dad was a phenomenal guitarist too. Is and uh right on. But like so I took his song, which was a country version of, of not really being free in this country. <laughs> and I was like, that's punk shit. <laughs> 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 <Of course laughs> that's <truth. laughs> Yeah. yeah. You play it on uh, banjo. I'm gonna tell Dave to play it on bass. <laughs> <laughs> no and,
1: and I, I'm really looking forward to doing this project with you because again, there is just so much good rock and roll out there that I just feel people don't pay attention to and there's really no other excuse other than that. They gotta hear it. there's yep. there's I've been really racking my brain the past few months. And really trying to look at social media as a whole and the human condition as a whole and look at what do people consume how do they consume it and why do they consume it and why do they share the certain things they do and why do they share the certain things they don't and there is just no other way to look at it is people are just not paying attention because looking through my pages with my friends and the bands i'm on there if I'm looking for some new music, all I've got to do is scroll five minutes, and boom, there is a band or not one of my friends five. promoting their
3: music or one of their friend's bands. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. I can't find anything new. Look, I even listen You're to hip-hop. You're not hip- trying. Yeah, I listen to some hip-hop. Very Like, 1% of my playlist is hip-hop, yeah, but yeah, I've, I discovered uh, Hobson and Joyner Lucas are probably my two top favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, Joyner Lucas is probably one of the best lyricists he can enunciate and rap <laughs> faster than anyone you'll ever meet. He actually just did a track with Eminem. It's, it's crazy. Did he? It. So he's got Eminem's so, respect oh, then. Oh, my God. See, I, I'm that's so a, ignorant on this world, looks, Tony. Right. I don't know. But here's what's time, crazy. Though. He came to Charlotte on like a Tuesday night, played in a the neighborhood theater. They didn't sell enough tickets. They, he played the small stage. Yeah. And it was the most intimate. I mean, he's got a song about how he lost his cousin to suicide. Right. And it's a really emotional video and 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 song. Yeah. He had people telling their stories in and he'd stop the song. He's like anybody been affected by this? People were telling people were crying on oh, stage. Oh wow. wow. He was walking out hugging people and then would just go and just rip rip through the rest of the set. I mean, it was phenomenal.
2: What was his name? Joiner Lucas. Joyner Lucas. You
3: got to go check him out. But the thing is, it took me just two seconds. Like, who's doing it in hip-hop right now?
2: Yeah. Who's in out? Hobson, Jordan Hopsin, Lucas. Uh, Jedi Mind Tricks. Although they've been around for a long time, yeah, too. Yeah, I though. mean,
3: I just, it's just crazy. And to like, take it
1: back around to the first thing you mentioned, you're not going to find the new good shit on the Country Music no, you're Awards. Not. You're not going to no. find it on the Grammys. Yeah. You have to look and you have to dig and see what your friends are listening to. Because if you got smart friends, they're listening yeah. to some good Don't music. Don't
3: even rely on the venues. They're not going to book it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unfortunately the neighbor theater will probably never booked joiner lucas again and he'll probably never come
1: back and you giving that example is a and i'm i'd like to kind of hear your take on this because as we also mentioned earlier one of the things that helps keep you and food on the table is your main hustle is you're a businessman you're a yes. salesman so let's look at that from the live show aspect He didn't go there, press a button, rap, and walk off the stage. He gave you a show. That's right. I think that's probably the most important thing, and I think if more bands, and you don't even have to have money to do the show. Right. You don't have to have stacks all the way to the fucking ceiling with your own light rigs on top of it and a fucking banner that wants to fall apart half the time you're setting it up anyway and it's just a pain in the ass to take up and down anyway and Lord knows why or you have a fog machine at the milestone? What's that old? Why s- did you bring that with Are you? You talking about one of
2: my old
3: bands? You. F- <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh- what, that's, what's that old saying? Nobody leaves uh, humming the light show. Oh god.
1: But my point is is like you don't have to have money to put on a show. You just get up there and you give them a show.
2: Well you know who's to
3: blame. Who? Kiss. No, they are not. Ah! <laughs> no, they are not. I mean, did you think we were gonna get through this without me talking shit about KISS? <laughs> Alright, bring him, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> no. I I woke Okay. I will counter your argument on that and say KISS is the reason you have to give a big show and you don't that's how have to have money for all right, it. fair enough. Because you take KISS now, okay, not now, you take KISS a few years ago, okay, let's say 2000, okay? You take them and you strip away all the bombs, you strip away all the pyrotechnics, and you give them the outfits they had when they started out, just, you know, in sizes their fat asses can wear now. They will <laughs> still put on a show for you. The bombs and everything else accents the music.
3: A hey Cap, yes, how sir? easy was that to get him riled up? All I had to do was (laughs) one four-letter word, and I got him winding up a toy.
2: (laughs) Hey, man, I get passionate about stuff. Oh, I was, like, shitting on Dropkick Murphy's fans yesterday on Facebook. Oh, I saw that. You you caught some heat. Exactly. Do you want to
3: tell the people what you did? Because I'm offended. Oh,
2: man. uh, I taught him well. It did what it was supposed to. All right, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day about – he sent me a flyer for a Dropkick Murphy's cruise that has Flogging mm-hmm. Molly and a bunch of other people on. He says I yeah. kind of want to go to this. And I thought the last thing I would ever want to do would be stuck on a boat with a bunch of drunk Dropkick Murphy's fans for 4 days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds
2: like the worst. <laughs> and I was talking I'm with- on a
0: boat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are they are they setting off from uh, what East Bay, whatever
0: it is? Oh, so <laughs> set, all,
2: all the fucking, If what's they're the, not setting off from Boston, then they fucked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, but it's, actually, what do you think about that? What do you think about
1: all the bands doing cruises? Because Kiss has a cruise. Apparently, they're doing Motley Cruise. Yeah, that
3: already happened. The Jericho Cruise, which our buddies the Stir were recently on. I mean, if you look at it from that point. A band that we really, really like that you turned me on to, the Stir, mm-hmm. got a great opportunity. So from that standpoint, I think it's great. Look, I, I'm I'm a capitalist in nature, and okay. that sounds very anti-punk to say, but it is. I never I said am. i was a punk. I'll agree punk. with you. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's how you make your money, mm-hmm. and if that's the best way to monetize your music, so be it.
2: I um, yeah, because people musicians need all the outlets they can get. days. Yeah.
3: So if. Look, I I just saw... I, I'm the last person to begrudge a cruise. I just flew to New York a couple months ago to mm. see the helicopters. Yeah, you did. You know where they fucking put them? Where? On a goddamn boat.
0: That's <laughs> true. I, I saw the videos. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I had no clue I was on a boat the whole time. So you get on the boat. You, we went downstairs where they were playing, and it looked like a house party. I'm really? telling yeah, you, It wasn't a big boat the, or anything like that, The ceiling tiles it? for... Dragon was able to jam his guitar into a ceiling tile and leave it hanging. Uh, it was, so it was it like was, the rim. It was exactly like the rim. Okay. That's dope. And so um, I'm the last. Cruises are a, a. There's a tertiary benefit to being on a boat. People were like, I don't have a boat. <laughs> I don't get to go on the water. I like rock and roll. Oh, I can combine these two things? <laughs> I was saving money for my cruise anyways. Might as well go do it with Motorhead
0: but, <laughs> for
2: that. That's so and yeah.
3: here's the other thing if Motorhead did it it's fucking fine with me
2: they did do it it was they called did. the motor boat it's right <laughs> <laughs>
0: no,
2: I don't know
1: I guess just I'm bitter because I'm too poor to afford one yeah well <laughs> yeah they're expensive
3: out earn your problems Alex <laughs> you what out earn your problems out earn my problems yes
1: yeah. <laughs> I've got to start working some classes with you, buddy. Advertisers give us money so we can go on these cruises. pretty big. Lord, there's going
2: to be a lot more I want to no, do before you
1: cruises
3: snow. You are the sponsor of the cruise.
1: Right. Exa- no, that, that's, that's, why do you think we're doing all yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. It's uh-huh. <laughs> why we have an energy drink and a podcast and a band. It. No, I love it. <laughs> if anything, if you've taught me anything other than what some good rock and roll is, you've taught me the value of hustle. Because I have always been around you and you have always been working your ass off between your day job, playing in a band, going out on the road, and like the day after coming back from the road, hopping back on a plane to go do more sales stuff with your father. So it's like, I have always admired the hustle of that so what you're that. seeing here is also again a product of watching you all those years of just now we've got a podcast and an energy drink and a band and just we're doing yeah. all these fun different outlets and just diversitizing and diversitizing d- diversitizing <laughs> is that a word <laughs> it is now there you go. <laughs> no and just and just kind of not spreading ourselves then but just having fun in the different markets and outlets and just seeing with sticks Stuffed and we're having a mm-hmm. good time with it. Mm-hmm. Well, we seem to be rounding down a little bit, so we might as well dig into our Spotify playlists and figure out what the fuck have we been listening to.
2: What you listening to, son?
0: I don't think you like it.
2: Well, why not? I like this new generation of music.
1: All right, what the hell I've been listening to this week? Uh, it took me a couple weeks, but it really started sinking in that the biters are done. Oh, right. <laughs>
3: so does it, th- does that not say everything? that you need to know about rock the state of rock and roll right yeah
1: it really does because again Devin and cap basically turned me on to those guys and cap had tried showing me the biters forever and i was like ah, is poppy rock and roll shit i don't want to listen to this <laughs> and then uh up at the rim during the dirtbag show Devin puts on wildlife and i'm like whoa this is great and he goes oh and the biters just put out a new record I don't give a fuck about that and he goes you listening to it anyway he puts it on and I think just in the moment because again awesome opportunity with you guys again playing drums and Dirtbag Love that's right got to go up to the rim to the first time and now I'm made friends and fostered that awesome connection again thanks to tony leon just hang forgot out about that. this this just is just like your dick day, sucking dude. episode <laughs> yeah. you just need to listen to this if you just you're don't delay. leave us we'll just get all these opportunities it just <laughs> feels great but no but at least the one thing you can say on that is we've not coattailed anything you've opened right. a door for no us doubt. and we've taken it from there oh, yeah, we they... have not relied on you for these by
3: the way do people know that listening to the show know what the rim is yeah, Imagine we've, we've t- chatted yeah. them up a lot. Okay. No, and... and uh, the greatest not, rock and roll venue in all really of the are. East They really are. And Coast, I've been Other than the milestone, maybe. But, and yeah. we've been
1: talking with Brad, and we're trying to figure out a fun little weekly segment for him where he can pre-record a few things and send it in to us, and we clip away and have a little Brad segment.
3: I mean, so. you think about what that guy's been able to do. Right. By the way, you know how the RIM started?
1: Give us a little backstory on There's that.
3: There's two, two-second backstory before you do your You're good. You're your great. Thing. We... We had done a like a Kickstarter campaign or, or some shit like that in, in Goliath. And the, the, the end-all, be-all, top-end package, because Kip at the time worked at a, a beer distributor, was we're going to bring a keg of beer and do a full set at your house. I remember that. It was like $500 or 1000 bucks. I can't remember. Well, this guy, Brad, buys it. And we're like, oh, fuck. Huh. we, we got to do actually this. do this. We never <laughs> thought anyone was going to buy it. And yeah. so, it turns out that we had an extra PA. We sold it to Brad pretty cheap. We honored the commitment. And this dude threw the best. We, there was 100 people in this condensed 75-person mm-hmm. basement. Yep. They all know your songs, right? I mean, yeah, we all know crazy. how to. But you're going, God. wait a minute. I'm in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And this is a one A good
1: the, five or six hours yes, from
3: home. Yes. It's it's closer to Pittsburgh than anything. Yeah. And it is one of the best rock and roll environments you're going to find. And that began, he he said, I think I want to make a venue out of this. We're going, we got you. We'll play whenever you want. Mm -hmm. That started that journey. But you think about what he's been able to do, getting the biters there. Biters. He was this close to getting the wild there when they're on tour. But Mm -hmm. that, that band that the wild was on tour with had a bus accident and one of their oh members who was died. that who was that i remember brad, brad would called me Started all disappointed with an about it or something like I, that. okay i can't remember i know exactly what you're talking brad about brad tell us but yeah, right but i mean he was i mean he gets some of the best and then you know when they go up that dirt road and they go, "What have we gotten ourselves into?" <laughs>
0: That's
1: exactly what I was telling these guys. So yep. after I do that show and you you basically tell Brad, "Listen to the film. listen to their new shit. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> Don't yeah. listen to the old <laughs> shit. Listen to the new
1: shit. That's what they're doing now." And book these guys. So after the first time being there, I knew what to expect. Yeah. So now I'm trying to convince my guys be like, "Let's go to West Virginia and do this show." And they're like, "There ain't nothing up there." I'm like, "Trust me, there is. Just let's go. Let's go." And sure enough, like you said, this that last left turn up that dirt road, and out of this one's mouth over there in the corner, That's he goes, the, the hell is this?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a house where all see people. when you come in. I know, of all people. The
3: one with the best accent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, the hell is this? Oh, it surprises the hell out of everybody. We brought Jared up there last time, and I, he had that puzzled look on his face, too, when you first see the house. Yeah,
1: because, again, about 30 minutes away, everyone in the car starts getting a little stir-crazy. They're like, we've been driving a lot. We're only 30 minutes away. Where are we? Right. That kind yeah. of thing. And then you show up, and it's like, you got the Smith family in there. They're just open arms oh and food. Couches, and, and they
2: have like a wall of fame of all the best in the American circuit right now. Still have an old 21CG banner
1: up there. Yep. Right.
2: So no, those guys. It, so with Devin turning me on with to
1: the Biter's that night, even see I can turn it back around. Yeah. <laughs> um, that I think everything just that happened that day really just opened my eyes for it because just the company I was with and everything else. And it feels like albums get a lot of love, so they've got the all chewed up. They've got um, electric, electric blood, electric blood, and then future ain't what it used to be. I'm gonna focus on last of a dying breed. Because really? that, that doesn't get focused a lot. You've got Hallucination Generations, So Many Nights, Hell for Babies, and Evil Eye. Yep. Don't worry about throwing a bunch of extra shit on a record. All four of those songs are bangers. You can listen to them straight through.
3: People call that an A-side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? And it's like, I w- that's part of the reason we do EPs. It's like, there are tons of songs we come up with all the time. And it's like, after about two practices, it's like, yeah, we'll put that on the back burner mm-hmm. and it's like we focus on the songs that just click it's like because you've had that moment when you're playing something and practicing all of a sudden it's like oh my god we've got to write this today we can't let this die those are the ones we focus on and it feels like that's what they did on this so if anyone listening out there go to their ep section check out last of a dying breed it's also on the something good for you playlist again hallucination and so many nights they might as well just make that so one man, song man. Right. <laughs> because of the way they end Hallucination it might as well just be that dun, 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 dun. and just go straight into the next one it's, it's just a good back to back so Cap
2: absolutely. what you got for us sir? Uh, Devin actually Devin Holiday actually turned me onto this band too <laughs> Devin's been doing the Lord's <laughs> work on Facebook this week this episode brought, you, brought to you by Devin Holiday <laughs> uh, he directed traffic to this band called uh, Ari and the Pure Heart I'm going to Assume oh. it's pronounced "R." Is that correct? R. yeah, and killer songwriter, killer voice. Uh, they just released a new single called uh, "Gasoline Heart." It's really fucking cool. And I, I think, remember
1: listening to that one. Yes, and I think that.
2: I think they got a. Uh, they just got through uh, putting their funds together for a new album and everything too. So we'll be expecting that later on this year. So oh, definitely, yeah. so uh, definitely check out. Uh, Are in the pure heart. They have the single and they have uh, an EP called Heart Songs that was uh, released a few years ago too. And American Love is probably my favorite one on that one. well make sure
1: and add it to the playlist. Send me some tracks.
2: Yes, indeed.
3: Atlanta band, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, they're out of Atlanta. Yeah. Word, good band. Get
1: get in contact with them (laughs) and be like, let's do some shows, guys. Right. (laughs) Well, Tony, do you have a little bit of something you've been listening to? Yeah, can I do a twofer? Do a twofer.
3: So I'm pretty sure this is going to be my album of the year. A word okay but it, it the only reason i'm saying because it, it literally has not left a daily listen which is uh turbo negro's rock and roll machine i've been listening yes. to that one a lot it too. is it, it when it first came out i was like oh my god this is the this
2: is best turbo play Negro play album they've in the had in a front while from the back
3: <laughs> and then it's almost December and I'm still going oh my god this is still the best album ever <laughs> and uh, so that that probably gets album of the year for me um but since I heard you last time your last episode oh yeah talking about Imperial State Electric how mm-hmm. great is that fucking record yeah, too man yes so good and Nick Anderson who's like basically you know, God at this point, right? Who I'm so gay for. <laughs> um, Only a few, but he'd be one. Yeah, he'd be one of them. Um, he, Devin keeps creeping up into this because Devin's one of those music nerds that, that will like tell you everything about your favorite band and then like who, who they're dating, and what right. their dog's name is. Right. You yeah. <laughs> know, yeah. uh, the solution. Okay. And, The End of the World will not be televised. Okay. So if you go check out The Solution, Nick Anderson played
2: drums and it is a soul band. Okay, I think he's, I think Devin's directed traffic to me to that too. It is one.
3: (laughs) Actually, just go ahead and they only put out two albums. Right. I think the first one was The Solution is just the self-titled album. Right. But if you just need something different in your playlist, something that's a little bit uh, horns, keys, female backup singers, and then just that added element of old Nicky Anderson on drums, which makes it extra cool. And he is a like really great drummer. That, that's one of the things
1: that I've really enjoyed yeah. listening and digging in all those tunes. He, he, play,
2: he plays in drums in a band called Lucifer, if I'm not mistaken, either. Really? He's got like a zillion fucking bands, dude. <laughs> so
3: the Solution gets a play once a month.
2: Really?
1: Really? Absolutely. so they're that good
3: yep hell yeah man well thank you for the recommendations mm-hmm. as long, as you
1: have t- been able to tell from our actual listening experience we listen to this stuff so we will genuinely <laughs> check
2: it out excellent and hopefully we'll be playing these songs together here soon
1: yes and that's going to be the fun thing is so you've can't turned worry. us on to all this awesome music and now we get to play some guitar with you and jam out some of those songs live oh, fuck I gotta, <laughs> it's going to be wait. so great I'm like, I'm
2: like fuck i got to learn these solos because or if, if I'm if I'm being a solo guitar, yeah. spotlight <laughs> Woo!
1: Put
0: me to work <laughs>
2: And as always guys uh, It's
1: been a fun episode If you got shit to share with us Throw that hashtag Something good for ya It's just the title of the show Take out the spaces Put it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram And you'll get a little shout out on the show and Like it- Cap You saw Doyle last night Yes so I did Some uh, video on there uh, Flashback Flash Awesome band from Atlanta, Georgia uh, They released a new EP not too long ago They're still pimping it using the hashtag So they're still going to get a mention from us Definitely check it out. And one final thing, uh, this is you actually may want to figure out a way to make a trip down to Atlanta, January 17th through the 20th, uh, the annual Down South Showdown is going to be going down between the Earl and Star Bar, right? Yes, Cap? indeed. And, and this year, the motherfucking villains are going to be part of it.
2: Woo, woo. And we were and- talking about how uh, you got to dig deep to find good rock and roll in in the Come States, to this show, this and you're going to find the rock and roll.
1: You got Dirty Fences, Wildlife, uh, Dino Boys, Cheap Tissue, Criminal Kids, Trouble Boys. I mean, Gunpowder Gray, Ravagers, Fixed Faces. The list goes
2: on, motherfuckers. Yeah, dude. And all this, and most of these guys are like anybody that's on Spotify. That's in that lineup is on our playlist. Yeah, too, so. like
1: half of these bands are already in the Something Good for You playlist. So if you dig the playlist. Come on down to Atlanta, Down South Showdown, January 17th through 20th. Uh, we're going to be promoting the hell out of it, of course, because I mean, we just think it's fucking amazing that we're I'm even a stoked. part of it. So <laughs> We are geeking out over that. So I hope to see some familiar faces out. Tony? we definitely want to have you back here. We got to have some more fun. Maybe bring up some different topics since now folks listening know the history yes. between us. Our origin story. Our, <laughs> our, our origin story. This is issue 1. This is rest issue 0. Rest in Stanley. Right. right. Origin yes, story. rest in peace Stanley. The amazing powerful guy which I I may not be the biggest comic book nerd on the face of the planet, but Spider-Man had a huge part in my childhood, and without Stan Lee being one of the co-creators of that, I wouldn't have had a lot of enjoyment as a kid, and a lot of the shit I enjoy today is because of Stan Lee, so Cap, you don't get an outro this time. Excelsior.
2: (laughs) No Fuck your outro. Awesome. (laughs) person on your tape has is a medical disorder. This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave
3: Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.